This is Heidi James and welcome to First Graft, a podcast where we talk about creativity, writing, first drafts, ups, downs, fun, triumph, brain aches, the lot. How are you? Long time, no see, no chat. Um, I've been on holiday, which was really spectacular. We went to Costa Rica and it was absolutely bloody amazing. It was lovely to spend time with my beloved and so nice just to read and rest and drink lots of cocktails and see dolphins in the wild and all sorts of wildlife. It really was very, very special and I feel very lucky. Um, And I've been writing lots too, lots, so that's great and it's been going really well and for some reason I feel weird saying that, like... uh, I'm incurring the wrath of some minor, quite pathetic and spiteful god. Anyway, there it is. Um, The Republic of Consciousness Prize has just been announced, and they um, announced two winners to, and I quote, because prizes create a false hierarchy where the best becomes a valid category. So that's pretty bloody brilliant. Um, The winners were Will Eaves for his book Murmur and Alex Phoebe for his book Lucia, which is absolutely wonderful. I've read that and I loved it and I'm looking forward to reading Murmur. Um, That's pretty exciting. I'll let you in on a little secret, actually. It's one of my dreams to just be shortlisted for this prize. But, yeah, don't tell anyone, okay? How are you? How's creative life going for you? What are you up to? Give me a shout, let me know. You know, Twitter, Facebook, snail mail, telepathy, carrier pigeon, whatever works for you, whatever floats your boat, get in touch. It's a glorious, beautiful spring day outside. The birds are singing, the tulips are waving around. It's lovely. And I've finished the first draft of the second voice of the sound mirror. Okay, so the second voice. It's very much colloquial, written in the dialect, if you will. Well, not really dialect, but you know. And I think it's really important to represent different voices and characters in fiction, um, in all art. And to not reflect this character's way of speaking, I mean, it's in the close third person, um, would be a silencing, I think. But how to do it without seeming like I'm patronising this character or falling into cliches that then misrepresent the character is something I'm sort of trying to work through and figure out in this first draft. I mean, do I, for example, drop all the consonant sounds so that every word, almost, is in this sort of colloquial accent? Or am I selective so that it's clear without being laborious for the reader? At the moment, I'm using what's called I dialect, so non-standard spellings that represent the sound of the words, but not for every word. Um... And, of course, I'm using phrases and idiomatic syntax and those particular little idioms of the the place. 
I mean, it's possible I'm overthinking it, which would not be unusual for me. I overthink everything. But I think it's really important to get it right for the book, for the character, for the reader, but also for all of us as humans who might not speak with received pronunciation. I've lost count of the people who've mocked or felt the need to point out my accent and how I drop certain consonants and what have you. Anyway, um, it's demeaning, can be really shaming, actually. Um, it's important to reclaim our speech patterns, our accents, that, that incredible variation and, and um, you know. Anyway, it's a huge part of who we are. But as I say, I want to get it right and, and show this richness of imagery and, and variation in our language and our experiences and our perspectives and not add to the diminishment or sense of these different voices being a joke. And at the same time, I don't want to create a barrier for the reader. I um, had an editor once who removed every sort of sense of accent or any phonetic spelling at all in the story of mine. And they said they didn't like any sort of writing in the vernacular. Um, and I, I let it go and went along with it. But in retrospect, I really wish I hadn't. Um, now, looking back, I think I'd allowed my voice, my little grain of the world, that tiny you know, space to be erased. And let's face it, when it's it has been done brilliantly. I mean, train spotting by Irving Welsh. Although I don't know if you know this, two two Booker Prize judges uh, threatened to walk out if it was actually nominated. So it wasn't universally loved. But I think it's brilliant. I think just very quickly you're you're in the world and you're not noticing and how else do you represent that world without representing that extraordinary voice? Um what else? The Panopticon by Jenny Fagan. Brilliant. Really, really brilliant. Not difficult at all. I teach that um, to my students who, you know, are 18-year-olds from America and they have no trouble getting into that um, colloquial voice. Then there's Colour Purple by Liz Walker. I mean, these are all pretty famous ones. Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. The Wake by Paul Kingsnorth. Um... All of Cormac McCarthy. I mean, I could go on. And it's not exactly new, is it? I mean, writers have been writing and borrowing and using the rhythms of speech for a very long time. But it can be done so badly, and when it is, it detracts. It doesn't add to the world of the text. So that's what I'm sort of struggling with. And I also wonder, is is it about it being done badly, or is some of the sort of work against certainly from publishers and things um against writing in the colloquial writing in a different voice is it about making books as accessible and marketable and sales to as wide an audience as possible now i'm not saying that's bad but we can't erase the many voices and ways of expression either what do you think have you tried to write like this tune what have you read that worked brilliantly or not? Anyway, all right. That's what I've been struggling with. So enough about that. Let me read you some and let's see what you think. Mm-hmm. 
day in, day out, up before the lot of them. Electric fire on, bowl of water to wash in, bathroom too cold to strip down. Get the breakfast on, porridge for the kiddies, bacon butty for Den, make him a cheese and pickle sandwich for his packing up, a boiled egg. See him off with a kiss and wish you could swap places with him just for a day, perhaps. Get him up, feed him, wash him, dress him. Get the older ones off to school. Get the little ones ready for shopping. Baby Josie in the pram, little cheeks flushed and grizzling with what? A cut in her teeth and always hard to settle anyway. Vanessa, her reins tied to the pram because the little tomboy's always trying to pull away. And Gail, prettiest to the lot but always wanting a cuddle. Always needing something. Perched on the pram seat, sucking her thumb. Off they go, down to the shops, getting her fruit and veg from Mr Bailey, though his produce ain't as good as her dad's. But beggars can't be choosers, and there's no point worrying about it. Powder, mints and some chop from the butcher, the miserable old sod. Milk powder, flour, eggs, lemon juice, tin of spam and digestive biscuits from the corner shop, and four yards of red gingham, bias binding, thread, a tube of white buttons and eight ounces of pink wool from the Abadasha for the girls' summer dresses and their little cardies. Nice little chat with Peg, who's got her own lot now. All girls so far, and as sweet-natured as their mother with her curls too. But not too long, because there's dinner to fetch and the washing to do and a tidy up before getting tea on and Den and the other kids get in. Then there's the getting in and unpacking and putting away before feeding again. Bread and jam will do them, including herself, and leaving the baby in the pram for some air. She puts the other two down for a sleep. Cup of tea and a fag, then soaking her monthly rags in a bucket to water the garden. A witch's trick, her dad used to say. Boiling up leftover fish bones, carrot tops, onion for stock. Melting down corners of soap and making new. Tea leaves on the garden. Just a corner of chocolate for a treat. Make it last, make do, hands that keep busy. Always known hour. Sister, daughter, mother, wife. A dab and before she's out of nappies herself. All the knowing and wisdom. Abbots and curses, superstitions and protections, charms and jinxes, crossing a baby's palm with silver, God bless. Pulling the curtains on a storm, opening the front and back doors to let it through, mind you, turning the mirrors and opening the window after a death to let the soul out without a scare. Don't cast a clout till May is out. Too much of anything is bad, even if it's good. The fire needs oxygen, but too much blows it out. Red sky at night, shepherd's delight, a warning in the morning. Keep yourself to yourself and never let them see your hurts. If there's bad luck hanging about, then sweep up a storm through the house. Sweep it out the, sweep out the bad from the back and the front doors. Knock the broom on the threshold three times and then mop the floor with rose water. That'll cure what ails you. Count the magpies, one for sorrow, two for joy, three for gold, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for secret, never to be told. The rich are filthy and will live like pigs if you let them. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, bless the bed that I lay on. Never lend what you can't afford to give. Mary Ann, bread and jam, marmalade and treacle. Bit for you, bit for me, bit for all the people. Red brick, pebble, dash, chicken wire, paving stones. Sticks and stones might break your bones, but words will ever, never hurt you. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Girls in green should never be seen. Red shoes, no knickers, where there's muck, there's brass. Who does she think she is? Priest is no use, mealy mouth, dry old git, all mouth, no trousers. Pride comes before a fall. I speak as I find, and if you don't like it, you know what you can do. Peeling potatoes with the bowl between her legs, watching the kiddies playing. Josie chewing on a rusk. Feeding the washing, heavy as a sack of puppies through the mangle. Pegging it out and hoping it don't rain. Rolling out the pastry. Trick is 
trick to it is having cold hands. What's that they say? Cold hands, Walmart. Ice inside the windows, coats on top of blankets, hot water bottles and eventually the electric blanket. Body aching, either the curse or a baby, bosom heavy with milk, nipples cracked and sore till they harden up, toughen, hands the same, art the same, toughening, hardening, day in, day out. keep it as close to the character as I can but what I'm noticing is there's a real temptation to intrude that pesky authorial intrusion to make pretty and um, then of course it's going to sound like me obviously and that's not what I'm trying to do I need to respect the character I need to actually trust the the reader and the, the the sort of book as a whole that it will all cohere and that's that's what I'm working with. But it's just a mess, remember? I'm making the mess. Making a mess first. And then come the rewrites and the edits and the reworking. And making it... Making it work. Can't make something out of nothing, remember? Um, I was going to be poncy and pretentious and a bit of a wanker then and say that in Latin. But I'm not going to because I'm not a total twat. Okay. Um... Right, next, I am researching like mad now for the next character and voice who is very, 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 very different. And I'm sort of beginning to wonder if I need um, more voices and fragments. Um, But we'll see. Let's just find our way in the dark. Fingers outstretched. We'll find the door. We'll open the door. Light will flood in. It will make sense. Now, next chapter, I'm going to be interviewing someone pretty special, so do tune in. I'm going all the way up to Yorkshire for the launch of their book, um, and I'm really excited about that, so I'll be interviewing them. So all will be revealed in the next chapter. Um, Thank you so much, all of you, for joining me and listening in. Do spread the word in all the usual ways. If you're so inclined, I'll be very, very grateful. It really helps to get more listeners. And, of course, please do let me know how you're doing. Let me know what you're working on. Let me know if there's anything you want us to talk about, anyone you think would be great to chat to and interview. Um, Remember, I want to try and sort of widen this from not just writers but other people who are creating and starting things from scratch and how they go about it. So if you have any suggestions or you yourself would love to come on and chat with me, let me know. Um, I will list all the books and everything that's been discussed on the show notes, so do check there. And thank you so much to Joe Dunbar for the music. See you later, guys. Speak soon. Take care. And uh, get on with the hard graft of your first draft. Mm-hmm.